Hey, Keto Freaks, this is Carl Franklin. And Richard Morris. And we have an interesting offer for you. Sure. We're going to start doing CPM-based advertising. Yeah, that's cost per thousand. Yeah, so you can essentially send us your ad, and if we like what you're selling... Yeah, that's necessary. Yeah, you can say, I want to buy 2,000 deliveries of this ad. Yeah. So that means you can control your costs right up front. There's no outrageous costs. Yeah, and we can do audio advertising on the podcast. We can do advertising on our YouTube channel. We can do uh, banner advertising on the ketogenic forums and on our blog targeted to ketogenic people. And we can even geographically target your ad. That's right. Over 72% of our listeners are in the United States. Mm. About 10% are in Australia. About 5% in Canada. So if you have products that only exist in those countries, then you can target them only there. Well, where should we go for more information? For more information on how to advertise in Two Keto Dudes, go to sponsor.twoketo.com. Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut in the United States. And just so you know where that is, it's right between Boston and New York (laughs) (laughs) on the coast. And in February 2016, I put myself on a ketogenic diet to take control of my metabolism. In just two and a half months, I managed to reverse my markers of type 2 diabetes with diet alone. As of now, I'm 80 pounds lighter with no signs of diabetes or heart disease. Hi, I'm Richard Morris in Canberra, Australia. And in case you don't know where that is, it's in the middle of Australia, equidistant between Australia's two largest cities, Melbourne and Sydney, and it's the capital of Australia. Yeah. Hmm. And I've been on a ketogenic diet for almost three years. When I started, I was very sick with complications from type 2 diabetes, but within six months of starting a ketogenic diet, all of my biomarkers of disease had disappeared. I've also lost about 80 pounds and have completely turned my health around. Yeah. And this show is a document of my progress through nutritional ketosis and Richard's experience thriving for three years in ketosis. Yeah. And hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. Yeah, we're not doctors. We don't want to give anyone any medical advice, but we are keen to share our own experiences. We're actually both software developers, so we're not afraid of a little technical detail, are we, Carl? Nah. We have done some research into our own deranged metabolisms and the science behind them, and we hope to share some of that research. Where possible, we intend to put links in the show notes to cite research supporting any claims that we make. Yep. You'll probably work out pretty quickly that we're both foodies. Sure We love to cook and we love to eat. In every episode, we both share a keto recipe that cannot be ignored. (laughs) No, it can't. Yeah. So let's start podcast number 53 our anniversary episode. Happy anniversary, Carl. Happy anniversary to you too, buddy. The reason that we're saying anniversary is because this is the 53rd show. Yep. So that means we've done a whole year of shows. We have. And now we're on to our second year. Yeah. So Richard, do we have any corrections or apologies from last week? Yeah, last week was the weight loss surgeries, and yeah, that was an awesome show. I don't think we have anything to apologize for on that one. No, I don't think so either. The the ladies Mm. were just amazing, and I I learned so much, and we just kept going. It was a two-hour show, and wow. Yeah. Well, this episode is just going to be you and I, because we're going Mm -hmm. to celebrate our anniversary, where we've come from and where we're going to. Yeah, and I think what we're going to do is share some of the awesome posts that have been put on our forum that uh, you may or may not know are there because some of them you actually have to register to read. Mm, That's right. Mm. So let's revisit what a ketogenic diet is. Yeah, a ketogenic diet is any diet that causes you to make ketones. Essentially, Mm -hmm. if you don't eat sugar or starch, then your body has to make glucose. And when you make glucose, uh, you also make ketones. And uh, that's what your uh, brain runs on. So Yeah. uh, yeah, and it makes it out of body fat. So uh, a ketogenic diet for us is a very simple formula. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have uh, under 20 grams of carbohydrates per day. Yep. And that's all your sugars and starches. Uh, So you're you're really limiting those. That's not a lot of uh, starchy food. Mm -hmm. Uh, Essentially, if you eat – 
you know, maybe uh, half a cup of spinach and uh, a salad, a salad or something, and and you you'll get a few carbs in that, and you get a few carbs in nuts, and that's pretty much it for the day. Yeah. Now we need to get protein in our diet. Everybody needs protein to maintain their body, mm-hmm. and that scales depending on the size of your lean body mass. Yeah. So, uh, and you really need to. You, you can guess this to start off with, uh, but ideally, you want to get yourself uh, a DEXA scan or some other mechanism that is going to tell you precisely how much lean body mass that you have. Mm. But you can guess. You can you can basically uh, work out approximately what your body weight was when you're your ideal weight, and mm-hmm. then maybe subtract ten percent and say, well, at my ideal weight, up had approximately 10% body fat as a guess and and whatever mm. that is that's that you can use that as your lean body mass and we eat between 1 and 1.5 grams of protein per kilogram of lean body mass and in my case my lean body mass is about 80.38 Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I would eat between uh, 80 and about 120 grams of protein per day. That's a pretty normal range for most people. And we also yeah, I think we so. also believe that most people have really good signaling for protein. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be clouded by carbohydrates. No, it doesn't. And it, it, when you get that craving for something savory, something umami, that's mm. your body saying to you, you know, you could do with a bit more protein. Yeah. Uh, but as you say, the signaling for that seems to be pretty good. It's a signaling for carbohydrates. As soon as we have carbohydrates in our diet, it confuses all the signaling and we end up eating too much energy. Right. Speaking of energy, we don't get any of our energy from carbohydrates or from protein. We use right. protein for building building our body. We don't waste it for energy. Uh, we get all of our energy from fat. Yes. We get it from both body fat and also fat that you eat, fat on your plate and fat on your body. And it's to satiety. So if your body is giving up body fat, uh, then you're not going to be as hungry because you've got plenty of energy circulating in your blood. Right. Uh, As you reduce your body fat, as you uh, become slimmer and slimmer, you're able to release less energy from stored body fat and you have to increase the amount of fat on your plate to uh, meet your satiety. So basically what that means is that uh, we use satiety as a fuel gauge. That's right. And once you get carbohydrates out of the picture, Dr. Finney reckons it can take uh, three or four months before you really start to dial in, but most people are able to dial into their energy signals correctly once they get carbohydrates out of the picture. Yeah, and most people can do it in five to six weeks, but he gives that estimate of three or four months to be very conservative, and that's what's called being fat adapted. Yeah. And it's not the same as ketosis. Ketosis happens immediately when you yeah. give up carbohydrates. In fact, it starts the, the the very night you go to sleep after eating no carbs. Yeah. And you'll you'll be in ketosis in the morning mildly, and then you get into deeper ketosis over the next few days. And then if you just keep it up and you stay in ketosis for about three or four weeks. You uh, become really good at burning fat and very efficient at it. You're going to have less mood swings. You're going to have no hunger. Uh, You're going to have a a serious burst of energy. Your inflammation's going way down, aches and pains, and then a host of other non-scale victories uh, in addition to weight loss. So that is why we're so gung-ho on the ketogenic diet. Richard and I have both cured our diabetes yeah. with uh, with it. And I say cured because, you know, I just don't have it. Um, no. I, I got my A1C yesterday. It was 5.2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is non-diabetic. Non-diabetic. That's the same as me. <laughs> yeah. Which, as Donna said last week, isn't creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, how was your week, Richard? Uh, it was pretty quiet, actually. This knee injury has kept me off my bike. Um, so mm. I've probably done about 30 kilometers uh, of cycling where I'd normally do 150 in a week. Ah. Uh, so that's a, uh, that was a, that's a bit of a downer. One of the, my considerations is that uh, I love to ski. I've been skiing since I was three years of age. Mm. And uh, we're going to meet up in Breckenridge in two weeks' time to yeah. go to the local carb conference in Breckenridge and I'm going for the week before that to uh, get some skiing in so uh, I'm trying to keep off my knee as much as possible to enable my tendonitis to improve uh, I'm still I'm still going to have uh, the cartilage uh, damage the meniscus tear uh, yeah. that I'm going to just ski on that and 
um, and we'll see how I go. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. amazing. I, you know, hopefully, because you're coming back to my house after Breckenridge, right? And hang with yeah, me for a couple right. days, and yeah. Miller and Karen. Yeah, and uh, hopefully you won't be in pain. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that would stink. I'm. Yeah, I'm going to bring some. Uh, I'm going to bring some opiates. I've got some endone uh, on prescription, so okay. um, yeah, that'll keep me going if it if it gets too bad. But hey, in worst case scenario, you can get some heroin on the street in New London. So, <laughs> 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 well, all right, that's a joke, kids. That's a joke. Yeah, Don't do drugs. No, one of the uh, one of the things I plan to do while I'm there is to uh, visit all the places in New London that are going to be involved in in Keto Fest. So yes. We're going to be doing the, the beginnings of setting up for Keto Fest, and that's going you to be You got it. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So how was your week, Carl? Well, I had a really good week all around. Um, okay. Yeah. I've I found that even though my weight has pretty much stayed the same, mm. I've noticed some non-scale victories like my wedding ring is falling off when I wash my hands. <laughs> there you go. So I'm clearly in that camp of losing body fat, gaining muscle mass, and the scale just sort of not reflecting it. So if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about an infection I had in my hand. Right. I took doxycycline for a couple of days. And by the way, I'm not sure how it got infected in the first place. Well, I know how it got infected, but I'm not sure why. Mm. Um, I had some sort of itch and uh, scratched it. It was almost like a poison ivy itch. Oh, and it yeah. might have even been eczema because I've had a problem with eczema. And by the way, eucerin ointment worked on eczema if anybody has this it was the only thing that worked uh, i had a rash around my midsection i've had it for years skin peeling off and that kind of stuff and i guess Ouch. it happens you know when you lose weight you you just sort of things rub around and skin mm. just sort of gets all raw so if you have eczema eucerin e u c e r i n i think nice. is is it just magic it just worked mm. all right so the infection came back after 10 days of doxycycline. Um, I was not looking forward to going back on it, but uh, I got a 20-day, you know, a three-week doxycycline regimen. This is day day 12, and it's pretty much all gone. Excellent. So I'm happy about that. Um, one of the problems with hands is they heal slower than right. uh, most other body parts that get infected because they get used so much. You know, you're driving, you've got hot air on them, you wash your hands a lot. Yeah. So my doctor told me to um, moisturize and keep it completely moisturized all the time. All right. And I also noticed that um, doxycycline has a side effect of itchy rash. And that rash went up my arm, it started you know, hitting other areas of my body. And I, I thought it was like, oh, this infection is pernicious. It's not working. But in fact, it was just a side effect of the doxycycline. That was the doxy. Yeah. And it turned out that uh, just regular old Benadryl did the trick with that. Nice. So I feel great. Mm. I'm producing 1.1 ketones. My blood sugar is like in the 80s. I feel fantastic. My infection's going away. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're also reducing some of your inflammation in your hand. So maybe that oh, yeah. has something to do with uh, the wedding ring uh, as well. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's remarkable that we, we lose like 70 to 80 pounds uh, on this diet in the first like five, six months. Yeah. And then we start to plateau and people start to get worried. Oh, I'm not going to lose that last 10 or 20 pounds. Yeah. And I just have to say to people, you know, it's remarkable that you lost so much weight and now you're doing very- You're keeping it off. And you're keeping it off. And it's, you know, everybody else, if you look in the medical literature, 99% of people who diet put all of the weight back on again. That's right. A lot of people sort of phase from being very hardcore in the first six months to mm. being a little bit lazy keto yep. uh, and just cruising. And eventually the weight loss does stop. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that your body is prioritizing for survival. Yeah. And your body's priority isn't bikini body. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it wants you to be gladiator fit. And gladiators had a fair amount of subcutaneous fat to uh, to to enable them to be cut by swords and not uh, be incapacitated. So, right. you know, th this is all uh, this is all part of the scenario of uh, of uh, getting your head around the fact that uh, the body weight that you think that you should be may be different from the body weight that your body is prioritizing you to be for survival. 
It's amazing. Um, I have a friend who is a musician friend, um, recently got divorced and not, not overweight, you know, but mm. he, he was one of these guys that had a little bit of a few extra pounds and you could just see he was a little puffy, but he wasn't mm. overweight. And oh. he went on the ketogenic diet. He didn't have a lot of body fat to begin with, but he, he lost like nine or 10 pounds. And he says, mm -hmm. and I'm buff again and I'm not even working out. Like he couldn't <laughs> believe it. So yeah. people do gain muscle mass as they lose oh, yeah. fat. It, it, I've gained quite a lot of muscle mass uh, uh, sort of in the second uh, part of my uh, three years of ketogenic dieting. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my legs of uh, uh, legs especially are uh, like 9% uh, body fat. It's crazy. <laughs> you know? I know. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. We're currently experiencing snowmageddon again. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. in the middle of we're in the middle of uh, firestorms here in Australia. We're like 120 <laughs> <It's crazy>. Fahrenheit. <laughs> I wish we could just meet in the middle somewhere. Let's yeah. move to Costa Rica, my friend. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, snowed a couple of feet, and when I say a couple of feet, I literally mean about 23 inches, 22 inches. <laughs> and my wife Kelly, who you met a couple episodes ago, she went stir crazy, and she just has to shovel. But it's so dense and heavy. She started shoveling the walkway and only got a couple of feet. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't do this. So, you know, I was coding all day. But finally, before the sun went down, I said, I'll finish it up yeah. in a quarter of the time that it took her to shovel two feet, I had done the entire walkway, which is about 15 <laughs> <Wow>. feet. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, foom, 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 foom. It's amazing how much energy we have. I could never do that. I could nah. never do that before. And I'm not even breaking a sweat, not even winded. It's just a, a steady, constant supply of energy that you don't even notice. It's just no, effortless. And you can just go for hours. I mean, I, right. I find this on my bike, you know. I, I, I find, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an hour down and it feels like I've been going for maybe an, an extra 15 minutes and I look at my clock and I've been three hours on my bike, you know. It's yeah. just, it just time fl flows very quickly. So there's one other thing I need to talk about before we get off this topic. Um, sure. Is that I'm going to be doing Dave Feldman's protocol. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Now, you remember we had Dave Feldman on. It was called Hacking Cholesterol. Mm. And he basically did this experiment and worked out, he worked out the science that after eating low-calorie keto, you know, 750 calories a day for a certain amount of time, and then high-calorie keto for the same amount of time sure. and 5,000 calories a day in ketogenic, so mostly fat, mm -hmm. your cholesterol plummets. Right. You eat more fat and your cholesterol goes down. And we're talking about LDL cholesterol, the supposedly bad cholesterol. Yeah. Your, and your HDL goes up and yep. your triglycerides go down. Yeah. It's counterintuitive, really, isn't it? It's very counterintuitive. And he's done this with about 10 people, including you, right? Yeah, yeah. I did it for the, my last blood test. And I'm actually going to do one next week where my doctor asked me explicitly not to follow the Feldman protocol, just, just to prove the null effect, basically, to, oh. uh, to show that when I didn't, uh, when I didn't stuff myself with uh, calories, uh, that my cholesterol went back to its previous value. So that'll be interesting to find out. But yes, I did this. I, I, I ate a lot of macadamia nuts. I ate almost <laughs> a, a cup and a half of macadamia nuts every day, just trying to fill myself with, uh, with saturated fat. And That's awesome. Yeah, all of my numbers went in the right direction. It was remarkable. So here's how it's going to happen. On Tuesday, Valentine's Day, yeah. I'm going to take uh, my first blood test. Are you doing the subtraction analysis? Yep, particle size, everything. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to eat 750 calories a day, ketogenic, for three days. Sure. Then I'm going to get another NPM test. Yep. And then I'm going to eat 5,000 calories a day, ketogenic, for three days. Yeah. And then on Monday the 20th, I'll take my final blood test nice. and get the results. Now, Wednesday, I'm flying to Breckenridge. <laughs> yeah, and we're doing this all through uh, Dave's doctor. So yeah. he's going to get the results directly, and hopefully he'll be able to use this in his presentation at Breckenridge. So I, I will hopefully have my before and after numbers as well. Uh, so that that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. And that brings us to the bulk of our show today, which falls under the category of... Mail! Mail! 
Somehow we got a Wookiee in the room. Chewy? I don't know how that happened. It was a Wookiee. A Wookiee. A little Wookiee. Wookiee sound. I get that way when I eat bacon. <laughs> Just get a little bit chewy. Yeah, a little chewy. So where were we this time last year? I think you had just started keto, right? Uh, yeah, I really started February 1st. Mm. And then February 15th, we did our first show. Right. So it's right around this time. So that's remarkable, actually, that m- most podcasts of people who have been on keto, they've been on it for quite some time. But, but it was actually interesting to go back and listen to that first episode because yeah. we captured you when you were really just starting out. Yeah, yeah. And I know that when you got your first blood test, I was so nervous. because Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it would work for me and it worked for so many people I've spoken to, but I'd gotten you into this thing and I was thinking to myself, geez, what if Carl's results all go in the wrong direction? Right. <laughs> I've led him down this garden path. Yeah, there are people that can't metabolize fat that uh, that don't respond well, but it's a very low percentage, like two or three percent, right? Yeah, oh, maybe even less. That Professor Noakes reckons it could be as low as half of one percent. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you were just concerned. Oh, what if he's in that category? I I knew it was safe for me because I had done low carb many times before. Yeah. The problem was it wasn't low carb enough and it wasn't high fat enough. Right. And so I never got past uh, a few days. Uh, but uh, that was my pattern. I would eat mm. low carb for like three days, maybe four days. I would feel better and then I would get lazy Yeah. and just, okay, you know. Time for a Big Mac or something. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually started the podcast as a commitment device. Yes. I've got to admit, I didn't think that we'd get a lot of listeners. I thought maybe we might have a couple of hundred listeners. Yeah. Uh, but, but one of our friends, Brenda Zorn, said to us, you guys are going to go yeah. astronomical. And I didn't believe it. Yeah. I said, well, but we're doing, we're doing this as a commitment device for Carl because he is a professional podcaster. Yeah. And we figured if we get if we record uh, the experience that that would give you a little bit of reason to stick to the stick to the plan. But absolutely. You know, that, those <laughs> those first couple of weeks though when you can just eat as much fat as you want. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the the ticket I think. Oh. It's like unleashing the dam that's been sort of <laughs> pent up <laughs> for, yeah. for several decades and all of a sudden you're like uh, able to eat all of these foods that you've wanted to eat and couldn't, bacon with cream cheese oh, and yeah. butter and all these things. And I think that is one of the reasons why people find that adaptation process to be a lot easier than it was back in the Atkins days because the Atkins right. days it was all about the protein and it was some of it was lean, some of it was just not good. Yeah, as we said before, Atkins was actually pro-fat, just that people didn't take him seriously, you know? Yeah, and he didn't want to push that message too much because of all of the anti-fat hysteria, hysteria yeah. you know, yeah. it's um, it, 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 it's difficult. Even now, I know people who've been on the ketogenic diet for, for months uh, successfully mm. who are trending towards a low-fat way of, of uh, eating because – they're falling into the old paradigm where fat yeah. is, uh, is, I'm on a diet, therefore I've got to remove fat from a diet. And it, does, it doesn't really work that way. I mean. Yeah. So uh, then in late March or early April, I can't remember mm. when, it might have been April, we started our Facebook group. And again, yeah. Brenda Zorn said, you guys are going <laughs> to have a very popular group. I think and she was sick of us sending people to her, to her Facebook group. That's groups. right. We were. Yeah. We were sending people to Keto Ninjas, which I don't yeah. think exists now anymore. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, so we started our Facebook group and it, it was up for almost nine months. And yeah. it it grew to like, it grew to 13,500 yeah. odd people. Yeah. Um, you know, it was massive. i got to admit that was an interesting experience because I've never been an admin of a large Facebook group before. Me either, yeah. So but one thing that we really noticed almost right away is that people get so clicky on yeah. Facebook that it turns into high school. Yeah, and, it does. <laughs> you know? And then, yeah, know. you know, everybody wants to be taken seriously. People get offended very easily. Uh, people don't understand sarcasm. Uh, people ascribe um, intents that aren't there. Mm. Uh, it, it's just such misinformation happening. We finally got sick of it and shut it down. 
Yeah, we did. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that Facebook really wasn't designed for people to share information with each other. It's not right. a notice board. It's a billboard, you know. Yeah. And it's designed to addict users with novelty. Right. And it works on a very particular area of the brain. And as long as it can keep tickling your brain, showing you new things, yeah. you don't notice adver advertising. And it gets slipped in below your subconscious Right. And this is a really important point, and this is why we're repeating it, that uh, mm. we've even done tests where, and just to summarize real quick, because <laughs> we've said it three times now, yeah. that we we made posts with a particular technical term in it, which was sort of key to the post, and sure. then went and searched for it, and it, it, Facebook says, I don't know, that's not there. Um, so the search doesn't work. It de-emphasizes anything that you yourself have seen before. So when you do a search, it'll show you all of the things related to that search that you've not seen yet. And it won't show you the stuff that you've written. No, it won't. It just right. plain old won't show you. It's not that it only de-emphasizes it. It doesn't show it. Yeah. You know why, though? Because as soon as you see something that you've seen before, all of a sudden, all of the ads pop up into existence. You see them. You notice mm. them. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, of course, we started a forum, and I got to say again, this was the idea of Kelly, my wife, who noticed I was spending an inordinate amount of time playing whack-a-mole on Facebook and <laughs> says, you know, you, everybody has jobs. How do you guys do this? Yeah. And she's the one who said, I think a forum would be better. Yeah. And I, that's when I brought the idea to you, and it, it sort of snowballed from there. Now we're over yeah. 4,000 members on ketogenicforums.com and you won't find any trolls, you won't find any nastiness. People so far, and I don't know if it's just luck, but there haven't been, you know, the the haters, there haven't been miscommunications. It's like amazing. People have been quite respectful of it. There's uh, there's some uh, 27 people who the system has elevated to trust level three because they're producing posts that everybody likes and that uh, yeah. and they're getting lots of response and and uh, and feedback. And we've got uh, 367 people at trust level two. We've got 2,000 people at trust level one, and we have uh, 1.9 thousand people at trust level zero, which is the initial one when you first come in. So we've got a lot of people progressing up through the trust levels. Uh, and so the system, I think, is it's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah, that's right. And trust level zero, you should only be at trust level zero for 15 minutes if you're looking around and actively using the site. Yeah, but you've got to make some posts as well. You have to make some posts. And if you haven't made some posts and maybe made some replies and made some likes, it'll keep you at trust level zero until you've had that sort of interaction. And so there you go. So the people that are just there to kick the tires, they'll stay there, mm. you know? Yeah. And, and if they do trolling or spamming or anything like that, they'll, they'll be asked to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the the system will flag them, and users will flag them, and uh, yep. yeah, it's uh, it's very effective. The quality of the content, really, that that the users are producing is just incredible. Some of it the is. recipes, like uh, there's some really prolific recipe uh, producers oh, yeah. um, who who you know, they post up a recipe with uh, a dozen or so pictures of the process that they went through to make the food. And right. So you know, it's it's just it's it's wonderful. It's it's turning out to be a really good resource. There's a great thread uh, under food and subcategory boring keto. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, essentially called "What did you eat today?" And Daisy yes. started this, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just won't die. It's it's just like five hundred and seventy six replies to this thread. I know. There's three or four new posts every day and people just put up pictures of what they ate today. And it's that's a really good resource if you're wondering what a ketogenic meal looks like. Yeah. That's what people are eating. That's right. Uh, I couldn't agree more, Richard. And this isn't even under recipes. We have a whole <laughs> section called recipes, recipes, recipes. Of course. <laughs> so it started off with Daisy uh, who posted a picture and recipe of slow roasted lamb with herby cauliflower rice. It was yumalicious, <laughs> and it does look amazing. And and then uh, Andrew Andrew Duthie, one of our admins, said, "A great big plate of nothing." I'm fasting. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Anna Lee posted a huge plate of sashimi, 
you know, sushi, sashimi differences. Sashimi is just raw fish. Sushi has rice. Sure. And sashimi, you know, it's mostly protein, isn't it? Yeah. It's very lean. You know, you might have some daikon or some cucumber or... uh, uh, you know, daikon's just radish. Um, it's yeah. very low carb. You'll have wasabi, but uh, you know, wasabi's got a few carbs in it. But uh, yeah, you're not going to be able to eat much of it. <laughs> It'll no. blow your adenoids out. <laughs> Two ounces of brie for dinner and a bulletproof coffee this morning. That was sent yeah. in by Bacon yeah. Nectar. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Somebody, yeah, Bacon Nectar's just got <laughs> got a chunk of a brie sitting there. How Butter chuggers. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, people are doing like a couple of fried eggs, uh, oh, yeah. and you know, uh, some people have got full meals. Fiorella's got some several with full meals. You know, so we just created a cholesterol category under health. Nice. And uh, Dave Feldman's very active there. We moved his posts in there where he's asking for volunteers to do his uh, cholesterol tests. The thing about the forum is that some categories are only accessible if you register. Right. Google can't see them and you can only see them and read the posts if you register. And the health category is one of those. And the and the reason we do that is that Google spiders don't crawl through it and and index the content because some of this information is private. Yeah. And, and another category like that is the before and after photos. We don't want to be sharing those all over the web. But, right. uh, you know, th- that's, a, that's a category that you have to be trust level one to be able to see. So you have to be in on the site interacting and posting content. And that just rules out the bots and the spammers yep. and, you know, the people, the tie kickers and, and what have you and the Google web crawlers. Sure. Now, under health, we have type 2 diabetes, PCOS, thyroid, menopause, tests, all sorts yeah. of tests and people post their test results and they comment uh, for each other on what they might mean. Uh, weight mm. loss surgery, pregnancy, mental health, cancer, supplements, type 1 diabetes, and now cholesterol. And as admins, we can, when we create a new category like this, we can do a search and find all of the posts. And I did this where cholesterol, for example, was mentioned. Right. And it might be under chat or something like that. And we can just move those posts to the cholesterol category. Yeah. And it doesn't mean anything for those who are following a topic. You won't be suddenly, hey, where did this topic go? You'll Mm. still see it and you'll still participate in it. But now it's just categorized. So if somebody just wants to read everything in the cholesterol category, all of those posts are there. Yeah, that's the point. It, it, it's really, if you want to come onto the website and do some research into cholesterol, that's where you're going to find the content. And mm. you know, if you want to link to any uh, post, uh, there's a button on the bottom of every post that allows you to link that post to Facebook, Twitter, or it'll give you the URL for that post. And even if later on we move the post around, that URL will stay the same. So yeah. it means that you can you can link on external sites uh, pages from our uh, from our forum, and if they are in areas that you need a login for, then those people who follow your link would necessarily need to log in first to look at that yeah, picture. That's right. But if it's in one of the other areas, you know, it's just it's just like any other website. I want to point out another thread here, the super duper real life photo thread. <laughs> and this is under progress before and after. This is a locked thread right. or a locked category before and after. And uh, Shane Barnbrook started it. Yeah. Now it's got 206 replies. Wow. And I counted them up, Richard. There's mm. 62 photos of people who have transformed themselves with a ketogenic diet before and after pictures. That's that's outstanding. It, you know, this whole ketogenic diet is not about weight loss, but that's the thing everyone can see. Yeah. If you're walking down the street one day uh, and somebody runs into you, they're not going to know that you've got a great HbA1c. Right. But they are, they are going to notice the weight loss, and that's you know th- these uh, these weight loss threads are, are awesome. People are sharing fairly personal information about uh, about the progress of their uh, of their journey. Yep. So the other good thing about the forum is we've got a lot of content specifically for newbies and this is something that Daisy sort of set up and she set up a category specifically for people who are just starting out and a subcategory of that which is advice from people who've been keto for some time yeah. for new- for newbies and uh, some of those, we've got one there that's um, 
uh, that's in that category. It's 10 things I wish I'd known before going keto. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, th- there are some awesome uh, uh, ones there. For example, um, the first thing is that the first month or two can be quite expensive because sure. you're changing from things that you're used to to unusual food. And I know when we did this, we we bought uh, soy protein and soy oh, yeah. protein isolate and whey protein isolate and lupin flour and all of these things. Crazy things. Crazy things, which, to be honest, we used in the first week and we haven't used since. <laughs> right. I was more you know, focused on replacing the things that I was used to. Oh, yeah. Well, you panic when you first start. I mean, how am I going to survive without bread? Right. You know, but it doesn't take long that bread for me became very – I used to love bread, but it, for me it became very much uh, packaging for food. And yeah, right. I, I just don't need it anymore, you know. Yeah, I don't crave it. I don't need it. Don't want it. Mm. So number two on this list is if not carbs, then what can I eat? Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a concern that if you give up carbohydrates as your primary food source, there's basically nothing else tasty to eat. You know, this is the whole boring <laughs> keto thing. Yeah. So a keto kitchen, as Keto Kate says here, a keto kitchen is full of foods such as almonds, asparagus, avocado, mm, bacon, beef, yeah. beef tallow, broccoli, butter, capsicum, which is peppers, cauliflower, cheese, chicken fat, coconut butter, coconut oil. She's doing this alphabetically. Alphabetically. She? <laughs> she's CDO, which is OCD. <laughs> In alphabetical order. <laughs> Cream, eggs, fish, ghee, which is clarified butter, herbs, lard, non-hydrogenated, of course, macadamia yeah. nuts, mayonnaise, mushrooms, olive oil, peanut butter, pork, poultry, sausage, shellfish, sour cream, spices, spinach, squash, sweeteners, and walnuts. Whew. <laughs> she she misses zucchini. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, the third one is that keto is not a diet of, of deprivation. So I mean, important. It is because we've all done dieting. Anybody who's overweight has dieted at some point in their life, and yep. most of these diets are hypocaloric. That is yep. not enough food. The idea yep. is if you don't eat enough food, your body has to use some of your body fat. But most of these diets are still high carbohydrate. They're low fat, low calorie, yeah. high carbohydrate, um, and in some cases high protein. Mm. And all of these diets cause you to make insulin and that causes you to hold on to body fat. So it, literally your body is starving. Yep. And your metabolism is dying. Your metabolism is slowing down mm-hmm. and you are reducing uh, uh, optional uses of energy like uh, producing hair follicles and your- yep. That's right. <laughs> and your body is looking for alternate sources of energy. And if you don't have a lot of uh, uh, carbohydrates stored up, then you're going to use uh, energy that you have stored up. And if if you can't access body fat that because your insulin is high, mm-hmm. you're going to burn protein. That's right. Lean, but lean muscle mass. And, uh, you know, some of that protein is good to get rid of. Yeah. Because it's, uh, as Jason says, it's uh, autophagy yeah. that sort of happens. But uh, after a while, you know, what's left? Yeah. Your muscles. <laughs> That's it. But, I mean, keto is not a diet of deprivation because nope. beautiful food. I mean, all, think of all of the fatty butter-based or egg-based sources. Goodbye. Ooh, oh, ribeye with Bernays. Wagyu beef oh. with a Bernays sauce or a Hollandaise sauce. Or, yeah. You know, I mean, the, eggs, egg, yeah. egg yolks. I mean, one of our admins, Gabor, had like 14 eggs the other day. Wow. <laughs> How many times have we been told you can't eat eggs because it'll raise your cholesterol? <laughs> yeah. All right. So number four is what do you mean I don't need to count calories? Uh, yeah, we think that uh, – Calories in, calories out is going to determine how much energy we store. And in fact, the body doesn't work that way. The body will determine how much calories it uses based on how many calories you eat. So mm. calories out is actually linked to calories in. It, it becomes uh, what the, what mathematicians call a chaotic process because the output of the process is funneled back into the input. Right. Um, and it makes it impossible to if you're trying to to restrict your calories coming in and trying to work harder to expend more calories coming out, mm. um, your body's going to fight you. So you right. know that's the thing. Once you change your in, inputs to have less food that is insulinogenic, that is, right. you, you're eating basically uh, less carbohydrate and a minimal amount of protein, just enough for your lean body mass and getting all of your energy from fat, you're producing very little insulin and that is allowing your body fat to 
participate in the process of giving you energy for the day. There's also a phenomenon that happens, which is when you get most of your energy from fat, If mm. how do you know that you've eaten too much fat? Well, guess what? Nausea happens. Yeah, exactly. This is a wonderful <laughs> signal for you to stop yes. eating. And that's why it's very hard to overeat fat calories if you're yeah. not eating carbohydrates. If you are eating carbohydrates, you just want to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. And yeah. you're going to eat carbohydrates because that's what your body wants. But you, you and I know that most of the time carbohydrates come with fat because guess what? Fat tastes good. Potato chips. You'll eat and 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 you won't get a lot of nutrients and you're just going to keep eating. But you take those carbohydrates away, you get rid of that really addiction signal, which you're yeah. getting from carbohydrates, and that goes away. And now you're just eating the fat and, you know, when you've had enough, your body lets you know. Yeah, you asked Dave Feldman, who did that uh, protocol of his for cholesterol, those days where he had to force feed himself 5,000 calories, yeah. he was nauseous. It was almost difficult to do. And, right. and in a lot of, in a lot of uh, uh, studies, overfeeding studies like the Vermont prison studies, where they fed these guys, they basically overfed them, mm. um, they would – They'd lost all all their appetite, lost any hunger, and and they were trying to they were fidgeting and trying to use up source use up extra energy and trying to find ways not to eat this food. Right, uh, and yet and yet their metabolic rates shot up from like two thousand kilocalories per day to like eight thousand to ten thousand kilocalories per day. Yeah. So case in point, um, yesterday I had one meal. I went out to a wonderful restaurant with Kelly, and I got a 22-ounce cowboy ribeye. Oh, right? yeah. And uh, I was putting it all in my fitness pal. Mm -hmm. And based, based on the calories my fitness pal recommended for me to be at a deficit, I had used up all of the calories for my day in this one meal. Right. <laughs> yeah, according to my fitness pal, I had eaten just enough calories to still lose weight However, it was complaining about my <laughs> macros, which were all ketogenic. Yeah. yeah. It was 78% from fat, 18 or 19% from, uh, from protein, and just a few percent from carbs. And I added four tablespoons, at least four tablespoons of melted butter to the top of my mm -hmm. steak in addition to eating all the fat on the steak. Nice. And I was not hungry for the rest of the day. And I didn't eat anything else yeah, that day. Yeah, because you had plenty of energy in your circulation. Yeah. And that was actually point number five, wasn't it? Yeah. You won't get hungry, or at least you won't get hungry like you used to. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, everyone panics when they start a diet. They sort of like feed up big for the last couple of days before the diet because they know that it's going to be tough on the other side. Yeah. This diet's not like that. Um, you, don't, you don't get hungry. Um, in fact, you eat to satiety. And because you don't eat foods that raise your insulin, your body fat can release stored energy into your circulation. Right. And that means that your body fat is contributing energy to your daily energy uh, expenditure. Yeah. And, and your energy signals, your hunger signals, are going to pick up when it when your body runs out of energy. And if your body fat, if you have plenty of body fat, if you have 100 pounds of body fat, you can generate uh, 3,000 calories a day. Um, you can almost not eat for a couple of days, and you may feel like not eating for a yeah. couple of days. Maybe you just eat enough protein to meet your needs for protein turnover, mm. and your um, your your body will produce so much energy that you just don't feel hungry. That's right. And it, you, people can't understand what this is like. And no. project into the future and think, oh, you haven't, you only eat once. I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday. Mm. She, I, she goes, do you want to have some, uh, you know, barbecue? I was out last night recording yeah. a band, doesn't matter. And I said, no, I've, I've I had my meal today. And she goes, really? <laughs> you don't, and your, your blood sugar isn't low. You're not like weak. And I was like, no, no that doesn't happen <laughs> to me. I'm uh, fat adapted. Yeah. And this is what happens after, you know, a, a week or two on the ketogenic diet is you just don't need to eat so much. You're not hungry. You don't have those high and low blood sugar swings and people can't project into the future and th and actually believe that this will happen. It's something that requires, as I've said before, a leap of faith in your own body. 
Yeah, it really does because if you're a glucose burner, then especially if you produce a lot of insulin, which over 50% of us do, um, when you eat something with uh, sugar or starch in it, that makes your pancreas produce insulin. Mm. And what happens is two or three hours after the meal, your insulin over corrects yep. and sends your glucose low and you get what's called reactive hypoglycemia which yep. basically means you've eaten some food your pancreas has produced insulin it's produced a little bit too much it's taking you a little bit too low so three hours after eating some chinese food you need to eat some more now it's not just that it takes your blood sugar low mm. it's that it takes it low quickly yeah. And by taking it low quickly, you really feel bad. Like, I can't imagine somebody with uh, s blood sugar swings is going to go from 600 to 80 or 70 or 50. Without noticing. It's, it's not that dramatic, right? Yeah. My blood sugar is 80 all the time. Right. And I don't have any kind of feeling of hypoglycemia. It's the quickness, mm. isn't it? Well, that's it. And if you can imagine, if you're going to get this... Uh, urge three hours after every meal, how many meals are you going to eat in a day? You're yeah. going to eat six meals a day. Sure. And that's, that's pretty much what the dietitians say. You should be eating uh, three main meals every day. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and you should have small snacks in between your meals. But if you think that, about it, that's, that's almost a logical way to react to blood sugar right. swings because what you're saying is let's have less intense blood sugar highs and lows mm. by constantly f keeping ourselves at a particular level. Right. In other words, we don't want to overeat glucose in one meal and we don't want to undereat glucose. So if you think about it, it is a kind of a logical reaction, but it yeah. doesn't do anything close to what a ketogenic diet does. No. And what they're missing is the important point, and that is if you have broken your ability to handle high glucose, which yeah. is that's, that's effectively what diabetes is. Diabetes is a disease. Yeah. Both type 1 and type 2 diabetes is a disease where people cannot manage high glucose events yep. right. effectively. Um, if that's the case, if you've broken your ability to handle high glucose events, then what the ketogenic diet gives you is it enables you to maintain your glucose by responding to low glucose events yeah by by not eating any and your liver makes it when you need it yep and that's how we can maintain perfect uh, glucose levels yep. through the whole day and there's so much research showing that um, for every one percent increase in hba1c which is your average three monthly glucose level for every one mm -hmm. percent increase in hb A1C, there's a 22% increase in diabetic complications. Yeah. There's like a 45% increase in risk for cardiovascular disease. Yeah. And all of these other uh, diabetic complications like uh, lower extremity amputation, ex amputation of the fingers and toes and the mm. hands and the feet um, is very common for diabetics. And it it's all is caused by – and you can draw a direct relationship – between that and their level of glucose. And so, you know, that's why certainly for diabetics, this ketogenic diet really makes a lot of sense. Right. And uh, point number six here, to get back to 10 things I wish I'd known <laughs> before going keto, yeah. we've already pretty much said, which is all calories are not created equal. That's and it, yeah. And Jason Fung has a great way of putting this, that uh, 10 grams of cocaine isn't equal to 10 grams of sugar, right? Or 10 <laughs> grams of broccoli. Like, right. let's look at what these things chemically do to us that, yes. you know, a calorie is just one thing that they are, but they also do things hormonally. And 100 calories of sugar and 100 calories of broccoli are going to do different things to you. Sure. And that's why, you know, calories in, calories out, okay, at the end of the day, maybe that is an observation. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that if you can only eat so many calories per day, you can get them all from potato chips and lose weight. <laughs> right. That's it. I mean, <laughs> that's, calories that's in, mean. calories out is an effect, not a cause. That's, yes, that's, that's really right. That's the thing. Yeah. So number seven is that not everybody will support your keto choice. Right. That's very true. I mean, I was lucky that even though Julie didn't need to lose weight – uh, she 
still wanted to do the diet to support me. Mm. And she did end up losing weight and getting to a normal weight range from an overweight weight range. So as it turned out, it was uh, a good diet for her to have done. But, you know, there's we we speak to a lot of people who are the only ones in their family doing a ketogenic diet and everybody else is either, you know, diabetic nurses or registered dietitians and they're all like giving them death stares across the table as they eat their bacon and, you know. Well, we're going to talk to Gary. Fetke in Breckenridge in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's been my observation in talking to doctors, and I'm not going to say which doctors, but I have talked to a doctor that said, you know, while I'm encouraged by this research, and obviously, you know, I'm a walking example of how this is going to work, doctors can't um, prescribe a ketogenic diet as a therapy because if just one person has an incidental heart attack, or something like that, then they could lose their license. So doctors yeah. are afraid of losing their license by, you know, because this is such a new uh, idea. And, 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 and I, I won't say it's a new idea, but it's not yet mainstream. I, yeah, I think part of the problem is that uh, if you have a medical degree, you've spent 20 years of education and maybe $300,000 or more, maybe $600,000 if you're a specialist, yeah. uh, on your education, that makes you conservative. You don't want to stick your neck out. You don't want to um, go against the, the herd, basically. Yep. And so that tends to, to focus you into a conservative uh, state. And it's very rare that the, the, the practitioners who do go against, and, and those who do get vilified for it so um so be patient with your doctor be patient with your doctor they've got to come part of the journey along with you right. and be be patient with your family you know that that's uh uh they will see the results in your right. life yeah you know, it will be writ large upon your life i still have family members that think uh the ketogenic diet is some wacko thing even though <laughs> i've lost 80 pounds and reversed my diabetes they still think it's wacky and they still don't think it's healthy and uh you know what are you going to do you you just respectfully disagree and go yep. about your way you keep calm and you keto on <laughs> that's it <laughs> So number eight is that uh, you can successfully keto for one, which is we've spoken about before. I mean, it is nice when uh, your partner and family are all into it. Uh, but if, if you have to do it just for yourself, it is possible. Uh, and Keto Kate has some tips there for uh, for how to do that. And I'd suggest uh, uh, checking out that thread um, for that. Number nine is it's easier if you can cook and eat at home. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You, it's so much easier when you can control what goes in your mouth. And guess what? Cooking is fun. Yeah. And if you think of your kitchen gadgets as medical devices and you think <laughs> of your food as medicine, yeah. you're you're basically healing yourself. So more time you spend in the kitchen is more time you're going to heal yourself. It's just good sense. Yeah, I've said for quite some time that uh, I believe that you can inoculate your children from obesity by teaching them to cook. Absolutely. Especially your boys because um, I don't know about you, but I didn't learn to cook really. Maybe some Boy Scouts, you know, cooking sausages on a Mm-hmm. On a fire kind of cooking, <laughs> you know, uh, man cooking. Cooking a squirrel on a spit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, the process of how to make a sauce and how to cook meat to perfect doneness, these are things that I really picked up as an adult. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I did because I think that helped me. And I think that the friends around me who aren't good cooks, who have tried keto, didn't do well in keto, yeah. Um, and that's kind of sad. I think cooking it really is the, the, the it's the secret to keto. We're going to open up a two keto dude school of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a cookbook. That's what we should do. Yeah, we should. We should just do a book in general. I think um, if I was going to think about a book, my book would have a lot of stories of people mm. that went ketogenic. It would have things like this, what we're sharing here, 10 things I wish I'd known before going keto. And it would have recipes and, and strategy all wrapped into one. And I, I wouldn't overdo it. Like I think yeah. that uh, accessibility is really, really important. And there's a lot of science books like The Art and Science of Low-Carbohydrate Living. But uh, I, I don't think that's what people want. I think people want a plan. They, they want uh, something to follow. And 
I, while I don't feel comfortable, you know, saying this is the two keto dudes plan because yeah. we, that makes us sound like we invented this stuff. We didn't, and we're and not we experts. We're, we're experts in us. That's the thing. And right. our, our job is to really help communicate that and to help communicate to our audience how they can be experts in them. And yeah. that's really what we do. We don't, we're not experts and we have no uh, expertise in how your body will react to certain things. That's right. Uh, but we can tell you what happened with us and we can give you some ideas on how to learn about your own body. Well, we were going to read all sorts of posts, but I guess we just got through this one. Uh, number 10 is just there are so many benefits to keto that weight loss really is just another one on the side. And yeah. th she lists them off here. Type 2 diabetes, fatty liver disease, metabolic syndrome, better management, and those just go away, better management of anxiety and depression, yeah. increased control over emotional eating, recession of arthritic symptoms, uh chronic diseases, you know, hyperthyroidism, cancer, yeah, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia. I've noticed a lot of those for myself, uh, not hyperthyroidism and cancer, but yeah. pretty much everything else. Uh, I've noticed uh, that um, the ketogenic diet has helped with. I think the, the critical thing, as I mentioned before, is that what it will do is it will enable your body to manage itself safely to a an optimum state for survival. Right. And, you know, when I was I was 300 pounds, uh, I was not in an optimal state for survival, but I was programming my body by eating high insulin foods mm. to store more body fat than I needed. And my body reacted to those signals. As soon as I got that noise out of the picture, my body was able to uh, safely titrate me down to yeah. uh, to the weight range that I am now, and you know I'm able to do remarkable feats of exercise, endurance, and um, and appetite control. I mean, yeah. I can go for ten days without eating, and then cycle for hundred k around around the lake in the middle of Canberra, and then across to the next town, across around their lake, and then back around that lake again. Yeah. So you know, and that's without eating any food. So it's remarkable how much control a ketogenic diet has given me over these processes where I didn't have control before. We're no longer slaves to Mr. Pringle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's end this show with some good food. It's time for... Recipes! 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 So what have you got for us, Carl? Well, I got one of my favorite recipes that I even used to do before I went ketogenic, but it's just cool. as good now. In fact, it's even better because you know mm. what? It's all good. Uh, this is classic spinach artichoke dip with mozzarella and parmesan. Oh, and yeah. it comes from our friends at Epicurious. By the way, Epicurious.com and their apps, really, really good recipes. There's uh, Food Network is good. There's a lot of noise there. Uh, Epicurious is just amazing. I've uh, found the best recipes there. Nice. All right. So basically, this makes three and a half cups. Mm -hmm. And it takes 20 minutes of active time, maybe five minutes of idle time. So here's what you need. A 10-ounce package of frozen spinach, thawed and drained. Hey, and if you don't like frozen spinach, there's no problem. You can just fry up some spinach in olive oil. Yeah, I like mine fresh. I like mine fresh too. Yeah. But you want to wind up with 10 ounces uh, compact, which is going to be a big pile of fresh spinach. Yeah. Great maybe two big cups pile. Of, uh, two cups of spinach, maybe? Yeah, that's about right. All right, so you need two tablespoons of unsalted butter. One medium shallot, finely chopped. If you don't like shallots, you can use garlic. Yeah. Either. Uh, three quarters of a teaspoon of paprika. Mm. And I like smoked paprika myself. Oh, yeah. 14 ounces of canned or frozen artichoke hearts, which is about two cups, thawed, drained, and coarsely chopped. I, I tried doing my own artichoke hearts, and well... It's fun. Uh, yeah. It takes quite a few artichokes to get that many hearts. I would say maybe five or six. Yeah, I'm not very good at uh, carving them out with a knife. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'd, I'd prefer to get them canned. Me too. You need eight ounces of cream cheese, which happens to be one package. Mm -hmm. uh, one cup or more of heavy cream. 
teaspoon of kosher salt, half a teaspoon of freshly ground black pepper, a cup of grated mozzarella. I would buy mozzarella and grate it myself rather than the stuff in the bag because, as yeah. we know, it has potato starch and... I don't need that. A quarter of a cup of grated Parmesan. Also, look for Romano, Pecorino Romano cheese. Mm. This is a better version of Parmesan. It's meatier. It really is a stronger flavor. Yeah, I think that's Southern Italian, isn't it? The Romano cheese? I know. I believe so. Parmigiano Reggiano is is the classic Parmesan uh, from Parma. Um, Yeah, that's the one that they, uh, they feed all of the whey let, uh, waste products to their pigs to make palmer hand. Yep, yep. So, yeah. All right, and the lastly is a tablespoon of fresh lemon juice. So you squeeze as much liquid out of the spinach as possible with a clean dish towel. Sure. That's if you're using frozen spinach. If not, you yep. don't have any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you melt the butter in a large pan over medium-high heat and saute the shallots or the garlic until soft, three to five minutes. You stir in the paprika and cook till fragrant about 30 seconds. You add the spinach, the artichoke hearts, the cream cheese, the cream, the salt, the pepper, and you cook, stirring until warmed through and slightly reduced eight to 10 minutes. Now you fold in the mozzarella and Parmesan and cook it until melted. A little more cream if you want to make it a little looser. Mm, You remove from the heat, stir in some lemon juice, and uh, you, you can make it a day ahead, store it in an airtight container and chill it and warm it before serving. Here's what I would add. I would add, turn your oven to 300 degrees. <laughs> I know it's coming now. <laughs> <laughs> Top it with mozzarella and Parmesan and then put it in the oven until it's brown. And that will be amazing. Now, what goes with this? Cheese crisps. Cheese crisps. Yeah, that's why I thought you were putting the oven on for. I thought you were putting it on for cheese crisps. Definitely cheese crisps, which, as you know, are the cracker of choice in my house. The other cracker of choice, bacon. (laughs) Rashes of bacon, yeah. That's right. Nice. I I like to make a pound of bacon and keep it in the fridge in a bag. And anytime I need a cracker, I take one out, snap off a little piece, You could put some uh, of that artichoke dip. You know, the problem with eating ketogenic is there's way too many leftovers because you don't need as much food. No, you don't. It's it's remarkable. My trash bin used to be overflowing every oh, yeah. week. Yeah. And now it's and now it's a quarter or less full every time. Your carbon it's, footprint went down. What other better reason to go did. keto? <laughs> Here, and here's another thing you can do with all that extra food, kids. Have parties. Yes. Have friends over. Have friends over. Introduce them to keto. You say they say, Wow, you look so great. And I said, Yeah, this is what I eat. Have some of this. Come over and eat some <laughs> of my food. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's just awesome. a, you're, you're setting yourself up for success when you do stuff like that. Yeah. So that's what I got, Richard. Awesome. What do you got? Well, mine's going to be a simple one this week because we're starting to run out of time. Uh, mine's going to be deep fried Brussels sprouts. Ooh. Now, this came from Brenda Zorn and uh, she bought one of these little uh, fryer, deep fryers from Aldi. It probably, I guess, maybe it's, uh, it, it takes about six cups of oil. Uh, yep. And now, she fries in home rendered lard. Yeah. And I use, uh, I use a commercial product, but it is, it's available only in Australia, but it's dripping from grass fed cows. Wow. So it's specifically a paleo, um, dripping product, uh, but it's available in all, in Woolworths and Coles. So, um, uh, it's available all over Australia. Yeah. So we use a very small little deep, compact deep fryer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because most people fry starchy foods. So, yeah. and when I first heard about this fryer coming up to Aldi, because Aldi yeah. have these specials every week, I thought to myself, well, there's not too many things I can actually deep fry. Mm. Au contraire, my friend. Yeah. Brussels sprouts in a ah. deep fryer are awesome. So here's what I do. I get six Brussels sprouts. That's about what I'll have in a meal. Uh, if there's two of us eating, Julie doesn't eat Brussels sprouts, so usually I'm just feeding myself. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll start off with six Brussels sprouts, and I'll start off by cutting off the base of the Brussels sprout, maybe about two millimeters in. That little bit on the end uh, is dry and hard, and if you cook it, you're going to end up with you're going to end up with a dry, dry hard bit as part of the Brussels sprout, which is yeah. not pleasant. So mm. cut that off, and then I carve down uh, a cross in the stalk of the Brussels sprout. 
what that does is it allows the compact stalk end to spread out a little bit and get more of the hot oil in. And I put six of these Brussels sprouts in the deep fryer for about maybe two or three minutes. Uh Uh, What I'm looking for is the leaves start peeling off and going brown, and that's the sign that you want to bring it out. And so I just let it drain. I I basically pull the basket up, let it drain for maybe 30 seconds and put it straight on the plate. That with a bit of pulled meat is the quickest meal. The meal takes about a minute to prepare. If I've Pre-made pulled meat, as you've heard me say before, yep. uh, make up you know four kilos of uh, of bolar beef and slow cook it and uh, make pulled meat and and store it in portions in two hundred gram portions in the fridge. That meal takes about a you know, five minutes to prepare. You know, yeah, and it's delicious. And yes, it is. The, the only problem with the the sprouts. Is that there's not a lot of fat comes out. If you fry them properly, they won't bring a lot of fat with them. So what we normally do is we have a little bit of mayonnaise on the table mm. with a teaspoon, just to put a little dollop of mayonnaise on the top of the uh, sprouts nice. and a little bit of salt. It's delicious. A little sour cream might work too. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. So that's my recipe. Awesome, Richard. Of course, if you have anything that you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something that you don't agree with, or some more research that you found to support or refute anything that we've said. Send it by email to dudes at 2ketodudes.com or post it on our website or on our forum. And you can follow us on Twitter at 2ketodudes, on Instagram at 2ketodudes. And of course, if you want to join our forum, it's at www.ketogenicforums.com or Mm. forum.2keto.com. And if useless swag is your fancy, (laughs) you know, T-shirts, coffee mugs, and other junk with witty keto sayings on them, Head over to gear.2keto.com and place an order. And if you feel like supporting our forums, hit the donate button on our website at www.2ketodudes.com or go to donate.2keto.com. Yes, and thanks to everybody who's donated so far. Uh, You're the reason that we can do this every week. Yeah, thank you. Well, keep calm and keto on, Richard. Yep, that's another year, Carl. Keep calm and keto on. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll see you next time on Two Keto Dudes.